Maybe there was something about me that deserved to be terrorized in isolation, that deserved to be made fun of without being defended. An anger and a hatred started to brew. I can see how people isolate and become angry at society. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective on important societal issues. Produced by Soapbox Media. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rational View. I'm your host, Dr. Al Scott. In this episode, I want to share something personal about my life. This episode is going to be about bullying and its lifelong effects. My bully made me who I am today. If you like what you're hearing, please press like on your podcast app, share it with your friends, come visit us on our Facebook group, The Rational View, or come visit my webpage, therationalview.ca. I was the youngest in my class at school, a bit of a late bloomer, somewhat intelligent. I was taught by my parents to turn the other cheek in a devoted Christian family. This is a a parable from the Bible, from the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus. You've heard it, and this this is the, the verse itself. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. This is the milieu that I was brought up in. I learned a lot in school and in Sunday school. But I learned the most in the schoolyard. I learned to run fast and dodge. I learned that there's no justice in the world. I learned that the world is a harsh place and the good guys lose. I learned to be self-sufficient. I learned to escape into fantasy. A year makes a big difference in public school. And when you're the youngest in your class, you're almost a year younger than some of the other kids. Where I grew up, there were boys with full mustaches in public school, fully a foot taller than me and much stronger, but not faster. In the 100-meter dash, I was second only to Mark French, who could just about fly. But I had asthma, so I had no endurance. After 100 meters, I'd be doubled over on the ground, gasping for breath. When your bully tackles you in the schoolyard while walking with your friends, your world stops. You go from being a carefree, innocent child in a comfortable, nurturing environment to a victim in in an environment of terror. But in that moment... You know that your friends will come to your aid and pull this one big kid off you, right? But what if, imagine, your friends just keep walking, and the small part of your brain that isn't struggling to escape starts to wonder. They could stop this, but they didn't. You start to think that maybe you were different. Maybe you weren't one of the guys. Maybe they just put up with you, but they really didn't like you at all. You're an outsider like the antelope caught by the lion on that wildlife show you watch on the Disney Sunday night movies. You're effectively given up for dead. 
I remember the terror. I remember running, but always eventually being caught when my breath gave out. I remember him sitting astride my chest laughing while I lay in the dirt, while he pinned my arms and bent them over my head until I would say uncle or mercy or whatever he told me to say that day. I remember trying to talk to him calmly, like my dad told me, to ask him what he wanted. But he only ever laughed and made me say whatever humiliating things he could come up with. The next time you're in the schoolyard, you're looking around for him, maybe you try to hide behind your buddy so he doesn't see you, but he knows. This time you run. Maybe you circle your friends. They'll protect you, right? You don't want to run away because they are your friends. They wouldn't just keep walking while you're being chased around them, would they? People's attitude towards you suddenly changes. Your previous friends, maybe they feel guilty for not intervening. Maybe your presence reminds them of their cowardice. Maybe they don't wait for you when they go out to play anymore. You lose all of your confidence. You change. You don't want to go to school anymore. You beg your parents to let you stay home. Now, instead of participating in the schoolyard, in activities with friends, you watch your friends playing the games that you used to play while you hide behind the tree in the kindergarten area. You start looking at yourself and wondering why you deserve this. You stop making eye contact with people. You become quiet. On the bus, you sit alone at the front by the bus driver, reading books so that the big kids at the back don't make fun of you. Eventually, I escaped into Tolkien and Middle Earth. It was wonderful. I stared at the stars and dreamt of going away to space. I remember when I was 10 years old and finding that I would have to wear glasses for the rest of my life because I'd been spending all my spare time stuck in a book. I remember being devastated, knowing that this would cement my isolation from the other kids. Thankfully, laser eye surgery has uh, given me a temporary reprieve from glasses, although I need them again for reading. So when all the kids in the class get birthday party invites from a friend and you don't get one, you don't have the confidence to speak up and ask if it was a mistake. You're afraid to ask, what if it isn't a mistake? You wait for them to send your invite. Maybe it was misplaced. As the date approaches, the others talk about going on the bus to the party and what they will do. And you avoid them out of shame and sit quietly with a sense of dread building inside you your sense of otherness growing. Surely they will see you on the bus and ask you to come with them. But in the end, you just ride the bus to the last stop while all of your friends get off at the party. Nobody asks you if you're going to the party. Nobody talks to you anymore. Maybe they're embarrassed by this thing that has come between you. Maybe you represent their moral failure. Maybe it's better if you aren't around. As kids, we're taught to believe in justice, that the good guys will win. I believed that the system was fair. So when I was bullied, I believed that I would get justice. I believed that a teacher would come to protect me or that God would reward me for my pain. When none of that happened, I started to question my world. Maybe there was no God. Maybe you just had to get by. Maybe I was just different than the other kids. Maybe there was something about me that deserved to be terrorized in isolation, that deserved to be made fun of without being defended. An anger and a hatred started to brew. I can see how people isolate 
and become angry at society. I was lucky though, when two of the bigger bullies were pushing me back and forth between them in line to enter the classroom after recess, my teacher caught them. He called us in front of him, I remember, and I kind of smiled, I smirked, thinking that finally I would get some justice, that they would be punished, but no, we were all three forced to write 100 lines of I won't push in line. And I had to bring that sheet home and tell my parents that I got in trouble. This is when I learned the system was not fair. Later, two older boys who I didn't know must have taken pity on me. They, they saw me getting chased and beat up every recess. Whatever their motive, one recess they caught my bully and let me wail on him with my tiny fists. He never flinched, didn't make a sound. The joy of having someone see my plight and come to my rescue, however, was short-lived. Within a minute, and for the first time in my introduction to bullying, a teacher intervened and sent us to the office. We were told that for a week we would have to spend recess in front of the principal's office for our heinous attack. My rescuers served that punishment, but I didn't do it. I didn't feel I should have been punished. This was my first ever act of rebellion against authority. Later, I noticed that when I walked through the school, I would hold my books to my chest in a defensive stance. I eventually noticed that only the girls and myself were doing this. The other boys would carry their books in one hand with a swagger, like a spear. They would walk with confidence. So you practice doing that, and you try to push out your chest as you walk. You try to keep your chin up. You try to fit in, although you know you're different. Outcast. You beg your parents for clothes that match the latest styles, so you aren't called out for being different, made fun of. Then, as you age and you want to enter the world of dating, but you have no self-confidence and you suspect that you are different and you're afraid of being made fun of, it takes you a long time to ask your crush out at a dance. You hang around staring at her and waiting for her to be alone so you can have a chance to ask without being made fun of in front of other people. But that makes you creepy. You start to question obvious cues. You settle for a girlfriend or maybe even a wife and you let them control you. You let them treat you badly. Your self-esteem is non-existent. As soon as you can, you start drinking to feel good. You drink a lot in social, social situations to cover the fear. You get a job, you may go to a conference, but you don't talk to anyone. You mumble and look down when people make eye contact. You get a drink and walk around the networking area trying to pretend that you're going somewhere, but soon you fear that you'll be found out so you retire early to your room. My early life was shaped by a series of bullies. I'm only now learning to stick up for myself, to value myself, to not run from conflict when it is necessary. And sometimes it is necessary to speak up for your rights or the rights of your loved ones. And it's not easy. Do I forgive my bully? Honestly, I don't care. They had their shining moment. They, went, they were on top of the heap in public school. I feel like my moment has lasted much longer. I grew about six inches in height in, in a grade 11. Uh, went on to university, had a great time. 
I went to grad school, got a great job in the space industry. I got to travel the world going to conferences. I built up my self-esteem over years of hard work and public speaking in the Royal Astronomical Society, uh, giving talks at conferences. I have a great family now with three wonderful, intelligent kids and a loving wife. Do I have regrets? Lots. Lots. But life is a journey. And for those of you who are enduring bullying, know that it does get better. I like who I've become, and I wouldn't change a thing now that I've arrived here. There is some wisdom in the old adage, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Those who it doesn't break, adversity makes stronger. Do we need adversity to make good, strong people willing to stand up and take a risk for others? I hope not. I would not wish that pain on another. But this is a commonly repeated trope. In the Bible, the Israelites were hardened in the desert for 40 years before reaching the promised land and, and devastating it. In Frank Herbert's Dune, we see a similar theme amongst the Fremen. Although I like the thought of this idea, I don't give it much credence. I think we would be a much stronger society if we didn't have bullies and we worked together to do great things. We don't need bullies to make us strong. We need good role models. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of this. If you'd like to follow up with more in-depth discussions, please come find us on Facebook at The Rational View and join our discussion group. If you like what you're hearing, please consider visiting my Patreon page at patron.podbean.com slash The Rational View. Thanks for listening.